Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Yes. Who's yeah. ready? I'm ready? Everyone. Yes. Okay, it's running commentary. With Paul Tonkinson and Rob Deering. We're in Regent's Park. We're going on the grass. You can run on the grass. Get off the grass. That obsessive compulsive voice is the voice of our guest. It's Natalie Ames. You can run in the park, but you can't run on the grass. I think I might have laid out my stall quite early. I noticed just before recording that we talked about running around the park. I said, yeah, it's great because you can run on the grass. And Natalie just got really quiet. Nothing else. She's obviously not a grass Watch this. Watch this. On the grass. <laughs> Rob's running on the grass. Uh, we, do you know what we should? You know what we should do in real life. But let's get in. Let's introduce what's happening first. Now, but I'm going to tell you my plan. But um, we, we're in Regent's Park with uh, Natalie Haynes and uh, um, runner, writer, old friend, compadre, classicist, classicist. Very important to note, and uh, particularly with the marathon factor. Yes. But let's get to that. Um, and we also, we've just been running and chatting already. You interviewed us for the radio. Yes, so we're very keen today, aren't we? We're, it's we're very, it's a double run. Two birds we want to. Yeah. What, What's over there? Oh, I didn't see it. What are they What's doing? Recording? But what I think we should do, uh, Natty, is that sometimes, me and Paul, on, when we get to the uh, sports field in Highgate Woods, we take our shoes off and run barefoot across the grass. On do the grass. It's, it's a very special thing. So we'll be doing that. We're going to do that. <laughs> to start psychologically preparing Stop! Yourself. Stop the recording! <laughs> no! Interesting. Where's she gone? You'll love this. No, I won't do it! <laughs> so you're not a grass runner then? You like the... Talk me through that. No, I'm, I think it just comes from years of being in places where there were signs saying keep off the grass. Right, OK. And there's one of the few... I'm normally quite... Um, I don't like an authority figure. So normally a sign will make me intrinsically rebel... I don't know, I just feel guilty, especially when it's been such I mean, a dry yeah. spring. No, I'm like, this going to say, the grass is all drying out anyway. Fair enough for the dry spring. <laughs> I was just going to say, in literature, the parky is the ultimate authority figure. But then I think no, I'm thinking of find them slightly huh? different kind of literature. Yeah. <laughs> the Moomin books and Beano, perhaps. Yeah. Not so much in, you know, the Enid. <laughs> yeah. There's almost no park keeping in the Enid at all, <laughs> I'm afraid. Yeah. Oh, the park keeper's been given a gift of a wooden horse. Oh, he'd be delighted. <laughs> Wait a minute. It turns out to be full of trouble. 
<laughs> um, so what were the two things we were saying running, running barefoot marathon do you as a classicist uh, do you often Should we define what classicist means for people who don't know what classicist is yeah yeah go on what, then what was a classicist <laughs> uh, I did triple classics A levels by which I mean Latin, Greek and ancient history Brilliant. for maximum employability yeah of course um, of course and then I read classics for my degree Brilliant. Uh, I specialised in Greek tragedy and the philosophy of Plato and a bit Aristotle, but only the ethics. I did a degree, a degree in uh, Greek tragedy, and I met a champ on the way to my first day. I, I, due to a conference of events, I killed him. But I thought, oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, it should go well. But by the end of the, the degree, I, uh, well, I found out I'd accidentally married my mum. I'd killed everyone I know, and I killed myself. Thank you. <laughs> you a lot. That, seemed, that, seemed, that seemed funnier in my head. <laughs> just like the, the idea of the, all the classics. Just because tragedy is so, is so. I love that when you see it, even in a, you know, even in a sort of modern uh, um, action thriller. That sense of uh, uh, the, the fun thing about tragedy. I don't know if fun's the right word. Is how doomed it is. How it's doomed to fate. You know, the first moment when things go wrong, you think, oh well, there we go. You know, these characters rattling around th- thinking it's going to be fine. And it isn't. Because well, they can't the escape Tyrannus. their fate. The Oedipus Tyrannus is exactly that play. The Oedipus the King. That is yeah. exactly that play. It is all about free will versus determinism and whether you have any free will or yeah. whether the whole thing is preordained. But it's worth bearing in mind, or at least I think it's worth bearing in mind, that this was a debate they were having in the 5th century BCE. Yes, it's been going. If you watch yeah. Aristophanes' comic play The Frogs, or indeed read it if you don't get to see a production, um, the two well, you know, dead I talked to, talk to someone about the frogs and they said read it nice. um, there's two dead playwrights in it uh, Aeschylus and Euripides and they're having that exact debate was Oedipus always the unluckiest man to ever live or did he become it as he went along so it's a puzzle that we've been looking at for two and a half millennia it possibly the essential puzzle of life maybe, maybe and one maybe. which you can't look at we were talking about this on your interview just now about how you know, a marathon is a good example of that because you totally bring it on yourself and you think, well, this will be fine, and it is, and it isn't all at once, you know. But then you have chosen that, haven't you? Yes, that's right. It's so, not predetermined, is it? No, no, that's true. So we've just sorted it. Uh, okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> good. I'll just call oh, neuroscience and tell them it's fixed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, would their argument be that we're predetermined to want to That's exactly to have an experience? what their argument would be. Yeah. yeah. You know... Just going back to so what you said. So, so the na- it's just the nature of the experience would differ. Right. You're not necessarily predetermined to want to run a marathon, but an experience like that. You were going to do something? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and real determinists would say you were always going to run, say, the London Marathon in 2017, sub three. Okay. Because... Which means you shouldn't have bothered. Because it was in your nature. <laughs> but how do they know that? <laughs> so uh, I suppose the argument would be that whether or not we know it doesn't change its... It's, like, truth. it's a lot like the story of a bit retrospective. Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost exactly like Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. I yeah. really like that film. It's a great film. Yeah. And for the, the you know where the the twists and turns of the story were all predicted by the baddie, and he says, "I knew you'd do it all along." And Tom Cruise says, "Yes, so did I." <laughs> I think there's an element where you can retroactively change the future if that doesn't sound like an entirely incoherent sentence because for example my lovely producer on Radio 4 Extra Boy McGowan yes. ran the London Marathon this year Yeah, she was very nervous about doing it because it was her first one even though she's a brilliant runner mm. and I always knew she'd be fine and I went in to record a set of programmes in advance with her yes. um, 
which I present on Radio 4 Extra. Yeah. And on those, I had written a link for the night of the marathon saying that our um, chief executive um, technician, i.e. Moya, our producer yes. in real life, yeah. um, had just had a very difficult day running 26.2 miles. So uh, she could help you with things, but she couldn't go down any stairs. Right. Um, and when we recorded it, of course, it hadn't yet happened. Um, and she was like, oh, what if I can't make it round? Like, so you've already made it round. Yes. Because it's in the seventh dimension. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. And I like to think a tiny bit of her at mile 23 when she was very tired. That helped her, the so seventh thought, dimension. But I've already done it. And since the seventh dimension is all time travel and sci-fi, it seemed appropriately it's, confusing. I suppose that's linked with... Uh, I mean, you visualise things, don't you? You visualise events. I mean, you visualise... I do a little bit of visualising for the for the marathon, how I'm going to feel at certain stages. I suppose you're in some way transporting a thought across to a, to a feeling that you anticipate. In truisms, we're talking about defining your reality or choosing, you know, making your own luck, this kind of stuff. Yes. There's definitely some truth in it. You've got to hang on to the rudder of your own life. <laughs> but equally... Random things happen. Determinism, and also, you know, it, it's kind of slightly self-defeating to be determinist enough to say everything's, everything's going to happen so none of it really matters, you know. Well, that's always how I feel about determinism. I would never make a good stoic um, in those terms. Because it's a bit just sort of but despairing. You, but you're very you relaxed about it. You have no say it. in your life. You just yes. become an organic robot. Yeah. Which, which, I don't which, wish which, to live like which that. Which you're obviously not. No, exactly. And when you look at it, it's, look, look, it's look, a whole lot of bears all over the place. Is that determinism? <laughs> <determined? laughs> oh, I see. Take, uh, he's taking it off. So now we find out what bears do in the woods. What a great moment. That man's very much dressed as a bear. Um, really was just as a bear. Yeah. So it's um, got to be a backstory there, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, I hope so. Because <laughs> I saw him <laughs> waving to and greeting some children. I'm hoping <laughs> that it isn't just a, just a guy in the way to make friends in a bear costume. <laughs> Unless he's escaped from the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> Where there aren't any bears, I should just say. No. Don't worry, it's all fine. Yeah. Or at least there aren't any bears. Well, now. There's now. It was, yeah. There was one. <laughs> um, so when did you start running that sort of thing? About how three you years ago. Right. And was there, new I was just going to say, in terms of determinism, that both you and I, when we first knew each other, if you said to us, we were not one day you'll be really into the running, we'd have gone, <laughs> yeah. that's ridiculous. And then had another gin. Yeah. Yeah. So how did that begin? Um, I wanted to be better at one thing in my 40s than I was in my 30s. And I thought something that you could count would be an easier thing to do. Um, <laughs> so that was part of it. And also in 2013, is that true? I think it was 13. I judged the Booker Prize. Right. And Rob will remember seeing me during this period when I read 151 novels in 204 days. But I thought I was probably going to lose my mind. Um, so full of stories. Yeah, but also so tired. Yes. It's yeah. like, a, you know, people go, oh, I love reading, what a dream job. It was a dream job. And the first 100 days where you read 50 books was joyous. And the second 100 days where you read 100 books was less joyous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. literary war. It's like being yeah. a runner and running a marathon, really. You're kind of you using know, your totally favourite thing is. as a stick to beat yourself with. It's the only thing that prepared me for running my first half was that sense which the book had given me that when you get to halfway you won't feel better and no point really go hey I'm halfway through it's all fine from now yeah. I'm halfway through and all the pain of the half I've done is crashing down upon me yeah so there were similar experiences in some ways but mainly I think just doing that much work I, I was getting up at five reading half a novel before other people woke up um 
than you know, writing a column or editing my own book or something in the morning. And then it gets lunchtime, and I go, right, I need a power nap of 20 minutes, that's fine. Um, and then I would read another book in the afternoon. And, you, and, and no, physical, no physical outlet. Not enough. Such, yes. Certainly. Um, and so I was just incredibly anxious. This is difficult, because um, running by my standards would have helped anxious. at the time, but you wouldn't have had time. I guess I would have made time, but at the time I couldn't run. Um, and also, I say that, I would have made time. Like, time is my bitch. Time is not my bitch. Sometimes no. there just, no, there just isn't just any more of time, it. Yeah. There just aren't enough hours in the day. Right. So I'm just standing on the end here and do, do cliches every few minutes. It was quite a profound intellectual experience. But it was also quite a profound emotional experience to go through such a, a long endurance event. <coughs> um, yeah. And then, at the end of it, I just thought, I, I'm so tightly wound. I actually have to find a way of putting this out somewhere else. Yeah. And so running was, I was already walking, I already walked, you know, lots of miles a week. Um, and I still do. So Walking's great. Isn't I think I you said something interesting <coughs> earlier on that um, as a writer, you find walking is more valuable than running because you've got a clearer level ahead. That running is more absolutely more meditative really it's just a complete intellectual clear out running resolves my anxiety issues in a way that walking doesn't I can be stressed at the start of a walk and I'm mostly fine by the end of it yeah. but not always and sometimes I can be stressed for a whole walk and that is of course horrible but if I'm stuck at a bit in a book that I don't know how to fix then a walk is much more likely to fix that for me than a run yeah okay. on the other hand the act of running even if the 40 minutes 50 minutes or whatever of the run itself doesn't seem particularly like it gives me good ideas yeah um, my head is it cleans you out doesn't it kind it of just a clear up. yeah it's probably it's a reboot a blank slate moment yeah. yeah and I really need those otherwise I just the, anx- the anxiety just really piles up for me and I start getting stressed about things I can't control which is so it's really it's, it sounds like I mean it is for all of us but it sounds uh, quite medicinal it is I see it as medicine yeah. I see it run as medicine yeah 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 absolutely what I find amazing about it as a uh, uh, it's a, you know, it's definitely psychologically helpful. I mean, you know, we've talked about this. What it's proven to be, you know, what I mean, it's a, it is a uh, prescription a doctor can give to someone who's, you know, got certain conditions, and it will make them better. Yeah. And as you were saying earlier on, it's addictive. It's very hard to get madly into running. Or, or train up for something, like for some external reason, like because you're running a marathon for charity or something, and then to stop, oh, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. And yet, there's something that's an addictive medicine. The great thing is, it's very short on downsides. Yeah, absolutely. It's bad for your knees, and it takes time out of your day. That's about it. But less yeah, time than time other... Less, yeah. less time than uh, other acts, like, you know, going for a swim or whatever. I mean, because yeah. at least when you're running, you're just running. Out. The 20-minute run's a 20-minute run. Yeah. And I do the same loop. I, I mean, I'm such a creature of habit. I just, it doesn't really come close. I, I, do, I run the exact same route. And if I just I'm like doing to flag up these details. I won't loops. run on the grass. <laughs> Liked it because there was counting. Yeah, Always I do like the same the loop. Yeah. <laughs> so how long's your... You built up to this loop. When you started running, you, did you do the couch to 5K? I did do the couch to 5K. And Brilliant. I know everyone already knows it, but I still... Give it a huge shout out for being just it's a It just seems amazing. Thing. And also, it doesn't, it, it doesn't get old, you know, but there's new people starting it right now. Yeah, it's and wonderful. It, it works a treat. It, it's a proper life changing thing for me. Yeah. So, yeah, I could walk thousands of miles a year, but I couldn't run at all, really. And by the end of it, I could run. But I still have what you have. Um, though I deserve it more because I've run less far and have been doing it for less long. 
I still do that thing of looking at the mirror as I leave, Shane. <laughs> yeah, but the great thing is, I think, depending on when That's you start, isn't how old you are when you start, it doesn't go. You know yeah. what I mean? I, you know, people, anyone, you know, neither of you would ever be surprised that I run, but I still am. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's the gift of giving it to yourself later on. So what's your daily loop now, then, Natalie, when you go for a run? How long it's is it? five miles. Right, OK. It's five miles, so I go through St Johnswood, into Regent's Park, round in a big loop of the park, up Primrose Hill, um, and then back through St Johnswood to home. And how often do you do that, would you say? I do that four times a week, I guess. That's great. That's great. But one that's of those really runs a week, I'll make ten miles, so I'll do extra loops. OK, that's Were you always um, training towards a half marathon, or did that come later? No, I started out wanting to be able to run 5K and thinking that might never happen. And then, you know, nine weeks later, turns out you do run 5K. Yeah. And then my partner Dan and I did that for a bit. Um, and then, I guess because I'm always running in the park. And you were saying about him that you run together, but you don't run together. No, he has headphones and he likes music to run, <laughs> whereas I like to hear the park. Yeah. Um, when I wear my headphones, Paul finds recording the podcast much more difficult. Pretty tricky. It's just shouting, run! Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> so, yeah, I signed up to do a 10K f- to raise money for the London Zoo. Yeah. Because they were building a new lion enclosure. I don't believe oh. you. Nice. <laughs> I thought, uh, I don't really want the lions to get out. I'd like them to have a good enclosure. Yeah. I'm not that fast. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, go for that. So I raised money for that. And then having done a 10K, my friend Christian, who's a very good runner, um, unhelpfully said, oh, if you can run a 10K, you can do a half marathon. You can do it in under two hours. And that, of course, was the whole thing ruined. Yes. And how many half marathons have you done now? See, you get a taste. I have done. Do you want to take your shoes off? Three. Off, by the way? Would you no, do I'm that? good now. Uh, <laughs> this would be great. See this grass here. Look how dry it is. Just imagine it between your it's toes. Be nice to the grass. That would be great. Poor grass. Yeah, and so yet, I think it's such a difficult spray. Insist on keeping these on. So yeah, you sorry. Half marathon. You've done three. I've done three, and I'm going to do one in ten days. So, oh, fantastic. which may or may not be well advised, given that I will have stepped off the plane in Sydney 22 hours earlier. That'll be interesting, won't it? Well, I mean, if it's terrible, I don't have to It'll do it, right? For, no, you'll be if, all it's, right. if the weather is terrible and I think I'm going to get ill, I've got nine events to do in 12 days, so right. that would be dumb. Yes, yeah. Or if <laughs> yeah. I genuinely feel horrific from the flight, then I don't have to do it. It's You've laid now. yourself it's an option there. It's there, right there. Yeah. And I thought, well, they only close the roads in Sydney once a year, I think, or maybe twice. It'd be great to do a half marathon so, run, wouldn't it? Yeah. And also, and and also I ever get to, huh? And as a half marathon runner, you are the kind of person, like you say, you often run 10 miles, you generally run half marathon before you're training for half marathon. So it's not going to yeah. be, a, your body's not going to go, what the hell's happening now? No, that's true. And I ran the Royal Parks half marathon last year on one hour of sleep, so I figure I have trained for this. Um, you, you're obviously fond of sort of extreme, the extreme edge I'm of not. race preparation. <laughs> one hour sleep, all, jet lag. Just all goes wrong. <laughs> yeah. just, just read a dozen books. Yeah. I, the, on the, uh, the, a couple of times recently, and this touched my heart as a film fan, a couple of times people said, if you could only watch one film over and over again for the rest of your life, which film would it be? So I'm not going to take part in that because, you know, you'd still get sick of it. Yeah, he would. Yeah, even in the line of it's fire, after a week I'd be done. Nice. It's obviously Grounded Day, isn't it? Yeah, my partner would watch Jaws happily every, every week. It's obviously Grounded Day, isn't it? Do you find that... Um, because you're obviously working in the creative industry <laughs> with all the ups and downs that that entails. Yes, quite. Do you find that there's a... It's obviously Groundhog Day, isn't it? A pleasing... So that would be Groundhog Day. It's obviously... <laughs> Groundhog Day. Do you, would you find it... A, we found a pleasing correlation with running between effort and reward. 
So you run a bit. You, you, you feel you, better. You feel better. You, you get, get a certain distance. You run more. You work harder. You get a certain distance. It's quite a simple relationship. But yes. You put a Very unlike in. a creative job. Yeah, because you put a pitch in for a book. It doesn't matter yeah. how hard yeah. you've worked on that book. You've worked you really hard on anywhere. it. You might have, but it might not. You're more at the... <coughs> The whim of chance, fashion, yes. Yes. politics, yeah. whatever. And that's something that's very grounding about running, isn't it? It's I really like so that. It's so reassuring to me. And also, I love hearing someone else say it because that's exactly how I feel. Um, it Great does uh, annoy isn't quite the right word, but I find it tiresome, let's say, <laughs> to put in a ton of effort, you know, 10,000 word pitch yes. or something, yeah. yes. and then they don't buy it. You yeah. think, oh, I did all that work for nothing. Yeah, and it's and the nature. And then equally annoying, all right, not equally annoying, but differently annoying, is when you don't do anything. And somebody says, oh, hi, we just thought you'd be great for this job. Yeah, we but I didn't it. earn that. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So but that is life, isn't it? That is, you have to, in life, you have to put those together, even though it's not nearly, as you say, as logical and satisfying as a, as a run, or indeed making an audience in front of you laugh. Right. Is, so I'm happy with the overall thing. Yeah, that's I the like karma the, of it. The you numbers know. add up in the end. I, I but I do like having one bit of my life where, where you the thing you I get. do is the thing I get. Yes, yes that's right. That yeah, is yeah. A I nice used to cast to for adverts a lot, and then I got one. And the one I got, they just phoned up and said, come and do this advert. Yeah. And paid me a load of money for that. And, uh, and all the ones I cast for were horrific experiences that led to nothing. So in my brain, I just sellotape those experiences together and say, well, I cast for adverts and then I got one. In fact, I didn't get the one I was casting for. It's something yeah, we're yeah. just going to have to ignore. It's something we're just going to have to ignore. Yes, quite. Oh, the groundhog guy. <laughs> He's off again. Um, but no, we like that. We like but that. It's you work hard, you get your reward. It's, and the audience it's just, thing I know is there are still three things something. that can happen. Like you get injured, or the weather can be terrible, or you get an hour of sleep, or whatever. But generally, what you put in generally, is yes. what you get out and running. Yeah, yeah. And that's not true of other bits of my life with anything like the same regularity. No, and you know this, even aside from running, as someone who... I used to do stand-up, and now you, you do stand-up again, but in a specific sort of classical context. But you also write books. Is creatively, you've done reward and no reward it, on, in, in the moment. Do you know what I mean? When you're in front of an audience, if it's funny, everyone laughs. Yes. Whereas when you finish a top-notch paragraph in yeah, one of these no here applause. books... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yes, the special duck park. Oh, I love the special ducks. What special? What were the special ducks? All the special ducks, all the fancy ducks live here. Oh, nice. You know, come and take pictures of all the fancy ducks. The special ducks. Every run, the special ducks. And one of the ducks comes out. If it comes out and shakes its head, 40 more days of winter. See what I did? I do. That'd be grand, day. Um, See, special ducks. All right, special ducks. Special ducks. Oh, yeah, what's that one? It's one of them. They're fancy ducks. Yeah, but that's noisy because I need to be able to name them. There's a board up. We can go and look. No, that's not the same. I need to be able to name them. We're coming up against our compulsions quite hard during yeah. this run. There we go. Fancy um, duck, that's all I'm ducks. saying. So I suppose the inevitable question is when are you going to run a marathon? Then? <laughs> when, do you want us to get you into one or pull oh, a few strings? It's so hard though. It looks so hard. I saw Rob the day after his last marathon. And he could, yeah, I can't remember what you dropped that you could bend down and pick up. I was extremely impressed. But I have no it's idea. They're not that. They look they're hard. hard but they're not. Yeah. The training you're already doing about 25 miles a week. Yeah. So you'd only have to extend your your long run by a couple of miles a week for exactly. like six weeks, and you'd be my away. best marathon. I, my longest training run was 16 miles. Wow. I could do 16 miles. Well, if you do, you could. You know, you just oh, do two that. magpies. You love magpies. Mag- yeah, magpies. Two, two for joy. That's right. We're feeling so hopeful about you signing up for a marathon. <laughs> Yeah, you, you should be do. curious. You must be curious. I am curious. Yeah, no, I am curious. And I don't hate the idea, but God, it just seems like it would eat so much of my life. There he is again. He's running on grass. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Killing the grass. It's only a short. I know what you're saying about it, over t- you know, taking all your energy and mental and physical energy, but it doesn't have to. I, I couldn't it have done it this year to. because my book was out at the start of May and my radio series is recording about, right now. Tell so us about your book. Oh, it's a novel. A working of the Oedipus story, in fact, but not as good as Rob's. Um, <laughs> I was on the way to my first lecture. Oh, God, that was terrible. Um, and it's called The Children of Jocasta. Okay. Um, so it's the story of Oedipus aye, aye. from the perspectives of the women. Aye, right. aye. Yes, quite. I like it. Um, um, so it's a bit... It's a lot sadder than I am, right. um, but the tour that goes with it, the talk that goes with it, is fun because I find it very hard in front of an audience to give up being a bit funny. Your comedic instincts. I can't do it. I just can't. But also, I don't, I'm, I don't want to make light of your ability to get laughs. But don't you find, as a someone who's, you know, gone up in a comedy club in front of people who sometimes, you know, actively want to not like you oh, and yeah. making them laugh, to stand up in front of people who are just there to hear you talk. Yes. It's then such a nice turning gig. around and making them laugh is, yeah. is a gift. Yeah, tell, tell us about it, because that's something I've it's never so had. Nice. Is it really nice? It's so nice. And it <laughs> makes me genuinely feel guilty that people describe what I do now as stand-up, because I know it isn't. It's like, it looks like it, because I'm in front of an audience with a microphone, and I'm talking without a script, and it's all lovely and improvised and delightful. 
but it so isn't. Well, it's so different to club stand-up, isn't it? So, so yeah. much easier. Yeah. You know, they've come but to see it's me. A, that's a win they for everyone. That informed. makes it nice for you, yes. but they're yeah. into it and they're enjoying it. You're giving them a good time, you know. It's yeah. A, everybody wins. But I feel, I feel terrible guilt about it. Just so you know, I know that what I'm doing is not as hard as what you guys are doing every week. Don't feel guilty. And I remember Don't feel I have not gone. My only uh, uh, reference with that is my uh, wedding speech. God, that went well. Yeah, it, it wasn't even supposed to be funny. And I was like, well, oh, 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 I didn't know this was going to happen. It's, we're just not you used to friendly really audiences. You didn't think we'd all laugh? No. Okay. <laughs> we all laugh, we had laughed at your wife's excellent speech. Yeah, so. well, that was funny too, yeah. but I knew that would be funny because, you know, it wasn't me. Which way do you want to go? Which, Which way you? do you go home from here? I don't know where well, we I'm are. I've driven here, so I'm fine. I wasn't paying attention. Should I go out the north corner? So if you want to go for a bit longer, that's the way I have to go. Head for the north corner. Should we go to the north corner and then just jog back and I'll give you a lift, Rob? Where's your, are you, is your I'm car parked me where we were, where we met? Good. We can go back that way if you'd rather. Um, it's up to you. It's up to you. Let's it's go. It's up to you. Let's it's go. It's up to you. Everyone's being too polite. Natalie, it's up to you. We'll go your way and then we'll, we'll go your, You can go your own way. No, the principle is we're running with you. This is running commentary about you, so we do your run. Thanks. That will lead to more, more of your truth. Tell us some more of your truth. So, um, I just wanted to go back to when you did stand-up. Yes. Uh, do you look back at that time now and think... How, how do you <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe I'm <laughs> <it was> so brave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just think, how Whoosh. did I do all of that? <laughs> must have been out of my mind. Yeah, for years. For 12 years. But, we, yeah, because your, your job's changed and you, you've taken up... For me, like, taking up running and, and sort of... That sort of physical change in my life is like a year dot. And everything before it is like a, a sort of seen through a veil. And uh, I, yeah, just yeah, the other day... I found a sheaf of old song lyrics and uh, and reviews and stuff from when I used to direct plays, and I just thought, well, this uh, this comedy thing really went off, you know, because yeah. it was years ago. It seemed just irrelevant to me now. And uh, do you feel the same way, or does that just seem like a? No, I sort of feel like all those people, but kind of. You know that at the end of Highlander, where he's trying to explain that he can see everything? Yes. Hear everything. I feel like that about my past lives and selves and jobs, I suppose. I think I couldn't be doing exactly what it is I'm doing now if I hadn't been a stand-up. Without it, yes. I couldn't have been doing the kind of the non-fiction side of my work if I hadn't written for newspapers, um, even if I wrote an op-ed rather than being a proper journalist. Um, I couldn't be doing any of what I do if I hadn't got my degree in classics, which at the time seemed like quite a quirky thing to do. Well, I was going to say, so, you just said uh, um, to us, yeah. I was uh, unemployable cubed, but you're impressively in- employed. Yes. It's all fed into each other. It's my really yeah. organic. I, I really yeah. believe that. That's I'm the same with my dad. You know, he did yeah. classics at university and worked in sales administration for a computer company. So it's a real nice kind of through line. It has a huge employment. <laughs> I joke about uh, my travel classics A-levels, but it's true that classics are incredibly employable within six months of graduating. I should just say, if anyone's thinking of doing classics, right. you have an excellent chance of being gainfully employed. I think because employers like the idea of somebody Ooh. who learns something difficult for its own sake. Good I Good nearly point. fell on you then. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so... Um, no, it's interesting, isn't it, going right back around to, to determinism because we kind of become this tapestry of everything we've done. Years ago, I was driving past a clothes shop on the Goldhawk Road on the way to a gig, and I said, oh, my God, I got some really embarrassing clothes in that shop once. And Steve Williams said, don't diss it because it's all part of the rich tapestry that is Rob Deering. Absolutely. And I, I realised that you can't... 
regret anything you did because it all led to here. Yeah. Or maybe it's okay to regret the odd thing that you did, but I don't think you can regret who you were. No. And I was a lot meaner when we met, <laughs> I think, than I am now. I'm pretty fucking adorable now. Yeah, but apart from the swearing. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> never going to break America. It's kind of regretting <laughs> maybe the odd moments, but not the pattern of it all. Right. There's things you, that you did that you think, could have maybe done without that, but the general yeah. the general arc of it. It feels like yeah. the direction really. wasn't bad. Yeah, and if you don't regret anything, then it's true, then, then you have no sense of shame or embarrassment. Yeah, you and might what just would be, we be then? We, would, we wouldn't be British and we wouldn't be over 30. Yeah, no quote. I think shame is underrated. Yeah. No, Pop stars aren't as good now, they're just confident and happy. <laughs> it's better when they looked yeah. embarrassed about it. Like, you know, it's Top of the Pops 83, the look of shame in their eyes is just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I wonder whether Robin. the marathon's part of that, of getting to that stage where you get sort of, you're sort of laying yourself bare, aren't you? You see people in the last six miles in all kinds of states, don't yes. you? Yeah, yeah. Cramping and you well, know, being sick and crying and. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, on the yeah. floor. Well, if one, you know, if one like little run is a uh, meditative freshener, then a marathon is like slowing off a whole skin. You know, it's, yeah, you, yeah. Put, you put the pre-marathon self behind and move on, you know. It is like that. It's like a, it is like a kind of new self post-marathon. You really ought to do a marathon. Not, with, <laughs> not that we're putting too much on it. No, but you're you're not, not <laughs> literally the denying the possibility of a new self. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It seems like a really good thing. Dennis Hopper says to uh, um, uh, Keanu Reeves in, uh, in the speed about the bomb. I said, ah, defusing the bomb. You're preventing the bomb from becoming. Yes. And that's what you're doing, really. You've, I am. You've done half the training. But can you do some... Uh, Linky, linky, classic linky with the marathon with the and turn it into some kind of runny, booky marathon thing. Yeah, yeah I suppose so, maybe. I think people have written books on it before. Let's get straight on um, this. The original marathon was after well, the no. Battle of... No. It's the same thing as, as 300, isn't it? It was still Sparta, wasn't well, it? Well, sort, sort of. Around the same time? But, yeah, may, maybe. Okay. I think the earliest version we have is in Lucian, which has all the details and that people think of now and that's 600 years later right um well be but somebody called philippides or maybe philippides yes yes um runs at a distance he was a he's no he's um, the one who's known for it isn't he her- heronome i think is the word a day runner yeah um and he runs from athens to sparta which is much further than 26 miles yes about 250 kilometers and dies when he gets there i don't think that's necessarily the case ah. i think he takes the message to sparta and then i think he runs back to athens he's just really and puffed. then i think he might die right but famously he says nicomen we have won that's the message he takes back. But I think there's a there's two stories: the the running to Sparta to get help, um, and the running from Marathon back to Athens um, to say that the victory has occurred. And I think they've got m- mushed together. And did he use gels? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Did they have? Because they've got an ultra. They've got a Sparta Ultra, haven't they? Yeah, the Spartathlon. Spaltra, they call it. Spartathlon. Oh, they call it Spartathlon. They do. How long they call it the Spaltra? I missed an opportunity, haven't they? Are you parked on the outside of the park? No, but I'm parked near where we met, so I don't know where that is. Oh, that's back. That way is probably quicker. Okay, all right, okay. Well, what do we think? Have we finished? It's up to you. Well, I'll go around this bit of park and then get to... The bridge to go over to St John's Wood. We're going to run with you to the bridge just so we can finish this conversation. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, then you could just go around the outside of the park. Yeah, we'll away. just do that. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so you have to go so slowly with me. Let's get back to this. The nice. This is perfect yeah, pace. This is really good. Perfect pace. Yeah, yeah. I love. I love running slowly. Have not thought about pace at any point. 
So let's get back to the spot. Yeah. Now, as we got to the, uh, uh, popped out of the park there, this, we're by that, um, uh, running commentary listeners, we know we're by this odd track. The mini running track. Yeah, slightly shorter than 400 yards, according to Kate Carter. Yeah. 400 metres. But if you look at it next to another running track, it's definitely skinnier, isn't it? There's yeah. Less, yes, yeah. It's got less at either end. I think it might be the same length, but it's skinny. Uh, when we first got there, there was a grungy bloke in a, he was actually topless, but wearing a woolly hat. So frequently. Which the case. betrays a, yeah. Uh, Looks like Oh, he's going for it. Legging it. He's sprinting. He wouldn't like the speed we're going. No, he wouldn't. I'm shamefaced before him. <laughs> he's doing his, what do you call it, where you run fast and run slow, and it's good for you, is that? Intervals. Intervals, thank you. Yeah. But, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure it works. Those. But equally, it misses what so running awful. is for. <laughs> for me. Yeah, it's so awful. So, um, yeah, uh, this Spartathlon, I was thinking about how, what kind of fitness there was in, in kind of... Uh, ancient Greece because it's always interesting to think how people think oh, I'm really training I train for this runner doing you know uh, you know basically how we consider running an exercise in the 21st century and then all of it is very sort of kind of first worldly and luxury and also in some ways we're just not that fit compared to working stiffs from days of yore. Well, the thing is that in Athens, in 5th century Athens, which is when the original marathon, if it ever did, was, would have been run. During the Persian Wars is the first half of the 5th century. Um, and then the great kind of flowering of Athens' cultural life is the second half. So that's when all the... That's when Socrates is talking to his underlings. That's when Socrates... So of Bill and Ted, that's Euripides, Socrates, right? Socrates, right. Um, when Euripides, Aeschylus, Socrates are all writing their plays and so on. Aristophanes is inventing comedy. Knock, knock. Quite. Um, and so, at that time, it seems really mad to us, but the act of being fit was a civic duty for men. Right. Um, because you would have to fight to defend the city. Um, the latter part of the 5th century, uh, Athens is at war with Sparta for 30 years. And they were tough, those guys. They were tough. They were really tough. They, they, they didn't, very they good didn't on have the much sea, furniture. But the Spartans were very good on land. Um, Sparta. Until 371, where they finally lost to the Thebans. Um, so everyone was fit, just they'd go everyone, down the... But you had, had, you, ready. you had a duty, you had to go and exercise naked, by the way. Um, I don't get to, I have to live in a clustered house and never see anyone. Okay. But you have to go and exercise naked. Yeah. And you would, here's fun, have used um, olive oil. And, and a scraper. And red dust as a sunblock, so yeah. you didn't get burned. Isn't that great? The end, you have the, they had sunblock uh, uh, in there. Julia uh, teaches people about this at the British Museum. And they've got her, she's got the... Uh, uh, she's showing kids and saying, what is this? And they never get it. I can't remember what it's called. But it's the uh, the uh, um, scraper for taking the dust. Striddle. Yeah, striggle. Yeah, they're Roman, but yes, the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's, you know. But then and you look at statues and everything, you know that the, you know, the, the, the cover images from men's fitness yes. are... You know, this is what you should... What's happening here? Flying, tra- flying yeah. trapeze school. Oh, no, yeah. Right. I made a documentary about Greek statuary for BBC Four a couple of years ago. Um, and the sort of performance of nudity for men um, in the ancient world. And when women are shown, always goddesses, of course, um, they're naked except for a piece of gossamer thin fabric. <laughs> and it's much saucier yeah, than the men who are performing. Totally yeah. naked, yes. Yeah. But that's who, why, who wants to see that? That's why all the Greek statues have tiny penises. It's because they're supposed to be unsexualised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're supposed to be thinking of the muscles and the civicness of it and not thinking of whether or not you'd like to kiss them on the mouth. You would actually actually do all right with a... You know, we know that it was kind of 30s Hollywood that brought the loincloth into the thing. But 
Yeah. Get a loincloth, you know. You can tidy things up down there. It's somewhere to tuck your... Tuck your uh, I don't know. If you've got a message, you could have it written down. I guess you just didn't think about it. But, yeah, no, I don't know. Really. And also all that naked wrestling. I mean, it's... I, I always think it's quite homoerotic in rugby and things. And it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's yeah. the first time I've considered this. Yeah. Um, but but no, naked wrestling, it's like, well, that, that is a, that's not even a euphemism for sex, is it? That's just the that's same a, as sex. That is a sexual yeah. act. That's right. Well, actually, we're going to go back now into Regent's Park and take off our clothes and roll around in the sun. Aww. But just for that's exercise. That's what we normally do. That's yeah. what we do. That's poke, the end. Poke, poke, so you do the barefoot running and then the rolling around naked. And the rolling around, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, if we take our shoes off once we've seen our feet, you can't think about anything being attractive <laughs> for the next eight Thank to ten weeks. Thank goodness that's on a Greek statue. <laughs> yeah. Destroy them. They have lovely toes, don't they, Greek statues? They're beautiful long toes. They're lovely all over. Seen as a sign of, uh, of rationalism, I think. What, having long, clever toes? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. Got Mor- I've got Morton's toe, where the second toe's longer. Longer than the first. I was told that was a sign of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. I've got Sounds Morton Harkett's toe, so which has got leather bound around it and sings <laughs> in a really high voice. So do you get blackened index toes, as a, it were? A little bit. I do, too. A little bit, yes. Yeah. Yes. I can't ever work out if it's because my second toe is longer or it's because I claw it as I run. I think sure. that uh, nails are important. and Keep your toenails really short because they, when over a long run, there's light waggling of the nail. Yeah. Leads to bleeding underneath. Nice bit of intense right. nail advice Thanks. at the end of the podcast. After the homoerotism. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you, uh, uh, Natalie Haynes. Oh, Look forward to seeing you at the me. next marathon. That'd be great. Oh, Where can our listeners <laughs> find you on uh, online? Uh, nowhere, really. Nowhere. Keep I your mean, head down. Yeah, pretty They can much. find you on the radio. And yes, in all good can. bookshops. And all good bookshops, yes, of course. Jocasta's. The Children of Jocasta. Children of Jocasta. I knew that. There is a running scene in it. Oh, I forgot there's a, there is an ancient running scene <laughs> well, in it. Well, that's okay. We haven't yeah. stopped yet. There's an ancient running scene. There's an ancient scene. running what scene in it, which it I wrote. Spe- oh, it's quite early on. It's <laughs> oh, about, good. yeah, it must be in the first hundred pages, definitely. But there is a an extremely exciting, um, I hope, race in which... Uh, uh, skullduggery occurs. Fantastic. <gasps> yeah. Oh, and it was a lot of fun to write. I used all my running wisdom for it. So you have to well, see if it works. Well, you get more you running get wisdom when you do that marathon. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pleasure running with you today. It's been really Thanks nice, for actually. Me. This on, on your regular run. And uh, get in touch with us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Run, run Compod, isn't it? Instagram. Instagram. We're all over it with That's our pictures and I'm photos. I'm going to have to go back to the world of work because uh, people keep trying to phone me. And look how sunny it is on us. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.